welcome to Occasionally Posh, where we enjoy life, laughs, and shenanigans. I'm your girl, Chastity B. And I'm Sunshine. Welcome. Welcome. Today we're having on a special guest, which is my mother. Welcome, mother. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Glad to be here. She's so cherry. Um, but thanks, everyone. <laughs> thanks, everyone, for joining our podcast. We're going to just talk, jump on a little bit of a shenanigans. Shenanigans. But first, we always start with a foreplay. Chastity B, you're first. All right. So my question is, if you are getting a gift from your significant other, would you rather it be store-bought or something made? I'd rather it be cash. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's right. (laughs) Um, uh, It depends on the occasion. It depends on the occasion, I think. Like, if it's my birthday, turn up, then yeah, maybe store about. But uh, if it's like Valentine's Day or anniversary or something like that, something where you come from the heart, then something made. Something you love me <laughs> in the car that you made. <laughs> right, right, right. So it depends on what it is. Yeah, I think... Yeah, my- I'm sorry. Well, me and my husband's style is a little different. That's why I'd rather have cash. That way I can get what I know I really want instead of go. pretending that like I like something he got me when I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I really like this. Did you get the receipt? <laughs> <laughs> my husband's very old fashioned. So if he buys me a dress, trust me, it's coming all the way down to my ankles. And me being five foot one does not need a dress to my ankles. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it is not cute. <laughs> My husband is the opposite. He buys stuff with cleavage is out, legs is out. Then he be like, "Oh, you gonna wear it to church?" Uh, no. That <laughs> 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 is not church material. I do one shout and boo be all over the place. Right. Go ahead, Chase. What you do? Um, so I think my, I, I would prefer something handmade. It could be a store-bought gift, but handmade because I don't really like, like a lot of fancy stuff and I'd rather somebody put thought into it, you know, that's why I like, whenever I have parties and stuff, I don't, I tell people like, don't bring me a gift because unless it's something that's going to be meaningful right? or something that I really need, but like. Uh, you know, people like to just bring random gifts. I don't want no gift. Just bring your presents. <laughs> All right, presents. Not your presents. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Mine is kind of crazy, but you know, I always got to come for, come for the mental. So, would you rather have a psychotic meltdown down in a library or at church? <laughs> I rather have one at church because I want them to start laying hands on me. <laughs> in the library, they're gonna call the law and lock me up. And in the church, they're gonna start praying and throwing oil and, and pouring me in water, baptizing me, everything they need to do to get that spirit out of me. <laughs> I think I'd rather have it at church too. Yeah. Oh, that's the spirit is touching up. Like, <laughs> Because no. the only ones that's going to run out of the church is actually the sinners because they ain't going to know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I can see why people would say Labredo because you know a lot of folks in the the, the Christian community are very judgmental. So you know, people in the library ain't gonna, they ain't gonna maybe not see you never again in your life, but you got to see those folks at church every Sunday. So I can see why for some folks it would be difficult. Now, if you had a great, amazing church and you got great, amazing leaders and great, amazing members, then yes, of course a church. But you know, we ain't always been in no great, amazing church. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> and, it, and every church is gonna have those members that's gonna be judgmental. No church is perfect. Right, but 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 the time that we living in today, though, if you do it in a library, they call the law. What's gonna happen to you? (laughs) They're not gonna treat you like they're not gonna treat you like someone who's having a, even though it's a mental breakdown, it's still a medical breakdown because Mm -hmm. mental health is real in this day and time. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, they're gonna treat you like a crazy person. They're not gonna treat you with comfort and care. Right. You're right. Mama right. came to preach today. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Mama Every, done been through some things. <laughs> yeah, I know that's right. I know that's right. But you know, a lot of officers and stuff are really not trained well when it comes to that, that kind of situation either, which is the bad part. Like they are the first responders. They are the person that's gonna be there first, and they get there and don't know how to handle it, or you end up shot or hurt or whatever the case may be. So it, that is a it's sad to say, but it's a scary thought, especially, you know, people ain't gonna like it, but especially for the African-American community, like they are really more, they way more quick to say, oh, this person's having a mental issue when they're not yeah. black. <laughs> then they are when it is with us. If it's us, we cracked um, out, we drugged out, we exactly. drunk, whatever. They don't think it's a mental thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah, in today's time, yeah, you probably more, way more safe at church. They might be judging you, but at least maybe you make it be alive and pray for right. <laughs> just talked about yeah right he's just gonna be talked about but they're gonna talk about they talked about jesus okay that's, right. Right. <laughs> that's right that's right but you know in church it will a mental make breakdowns can be mistaken for a spiritual thing you know and because i can recall as a child um a woman who actually died in church they thought she had the holy spirit but she was actually having a heart attack and so and that's a true story and and sometimes in church stuff can be seen as something else Mm -hmm. Uh, because I would never forget that because you know after everybody was praising the Lord and shouting and carrying on everybody kept waiting for her to get up and she didn't get up and I was a child at this time and it was very traumatizing to me because for a long time I was scared to get saved I mean am I gonna die right here in the church right but you know that's why i said in the church i think it was seen more as a spiritual thing than it would be oh that person lost their mind right <laughs> i yep. mean it depends on what you're doing but yeah it does depend it depends on what type of breakdown i've been just around crying? somebody who said it, the green it, alien was at them so i don't know well and then i know <laughs> i know i heard uh, my husband when he was younger he knew a man in church who was married to one of his cousins and he came in and he was having a mental breakdown and the way he had it from what my understanding was he was just cussing a lot and so that mm-hmm. i could see you know that's not spiritual right and he kept right. saying that he, this man ain't no this this man and he was using cuss words and so mm. that was clearly a mental breakdown right right wow man mental health is real y'all please don't you know please don't afraid to get help please don't be afraid of therapy and black folks please start using your mental health therapist Got to scream yeah, on the so, rooftop. I, and and part of that is because 
a lot of churches don't believe in therapy. They believe Amen. you go to Jesus. They believe you go to Jesus. I believe you do both. That's, that's just there me. You go. Someone, someone who has had mental issues in my life, I, I've been in therapy. I, I've had help. I've been on medication. And, and, and for a long time, I suffered from depression. But with God's help, he, he, he lined me up with a therapist that believed in him. Mm. And with the therapist and my belief in God and my third belief in God, I got out of that depression. He delivered me from that. And right. I'm not saying that I don't ever get down, but now I have the tools. I learned the tools in therapy on how to deal with it. Right. And I still deal with it every day. Anytime something going on in my life, I have to use those tools. Mm -hmm. And I have to use those tools and I have to use my word and I have to use my prayer and I have to use my faith. Exactly. I just don't think it's either or. But it's yeah. a lot of ministers who don't believe that you need to go to a therapist. You right. just need Jesus. Mm -hmm. I, I think you need both. I don't really understand that though, because that's to me that's picking and choosing. Because you saying that people can't go to a therapist, but your butt go to the doctor and get your blood pressure medicine. Yeah. So either you gonna believe in them or you ain't. Like you can't pick and, and choose. That, 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 I, think, do it. I think a lot of it is a learned thing. As mm -hmm. black folks, we was learned not to not to do therapy. Right. That's just what we was learned. That's why if you look at a lot of women who stay in if you look at marriages, old marriages, you will see women, they stay in unhappy marriages their entire life because they are worse taught this is what you deserve. And whether you realize that or not, that's a form of depression. When you allow yourself to be treated that way your whole life. Right. That's a form of depression. And and they never came to preach today. Yeah, they they tell you to go to church and pray to God, but they never learn how to get the mental health. Right. God can help you with your spiritual walk. He can help you with your mind. He can even help you mentally. But if you don't know how to get yourself out of that as well and, and get your way of thinking changed, to me, spirituality is more about your emotions and your mm -hmm. feelings and your love for God. But when it comes to the way we think about ourselves, that's a thought thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not a, It's not an emotion. And so if you don't change the way you look at yourself, you can love the Lord with all your heart, not love yourself. Yeah. Yeah. This is ahead, true. That's what you was going to say. I forgot. Let's move on. Let's move on. Because if we keep on that, that's going to be the whole episode. No, uh, I was going to say we might as well just go ahead and skip to the other part. She already owned it. We might as well right. keep it going. You're right. You're right. All right, well, while she's here, the reason why we thought to, well, the reason why I thought to invite my mom is because Chastity B encountered a letter um, that was sent to a church member, and we're going to share it and kind of skim over it here. All right, can you see it? Yeah, mm -hmm. I can't read it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I printed a copy out so I can see it good. All right. So I'm just going to skim through it, but it says, as it pretty much is it's addressed to a member of the church. And it says, as elders of Wood, well, we're not going to say the church, as elders of this congregation, Woodstock congregation. <laughs> we have the responsibility to watch out for souls of each member of this congregation. As we previously stated, we, we feel it is crucial to remind you that our Lord, our Lord considered it to vital that no one can be involved in homosexuality and be in a pleasing relationship with God. 
Um, so it goes on to say that they sent their, her a letter and even tell her they sent to be a USPS. They're going to make sure that she know how they sent it. Um, and pretty much it says, in light of your apparent lack of desire to hear our concerns, apparent lack of willingness to repent, and the public display of your homosexual lifestyle, we have no alternative but to withdraw our fellowship with you and must no longer treat you as a sister in Christ. Please understand that this is an, eff an effort to encourage you, huh? <laughs> a godly sorrow leading to a repentance. Um, so it pretty much it just goes on to say that they're really sad, but she really she can no longer be a member of the church. It even put a verse in there for her. it said that they love yeah. her and praying for it's her. It's taken out of context completely to uh, me. Right. And then it says if we fail to hear from you by April the 30th, uh, <laughs> we would understand you are not <laughs> repentant and do not desire to be forgiven of your sinful behavior. And it goes on and so forth and so on. Um, so, uh, of course this letter is here, um, but we're just going to, this letter is everywhere. And it's recent. It's this month, April right. 1st, 2021. And she has to the end of this month to, to reply. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So go ahead, Ma, I know you burning. Go ahead. Tell you, tell you how you feel. Well, the thing, the what one thing I don't understand is that one problem with this letter is not giving the whole context of what happened between her and this church. Uh, another thing is, I don't understand why they would send a letter instead right. of trying to get her to come to them. Why you gonna tell me no one in this entire church has approached her as a sister in Christ? First of all, to even have a discussion with her in a way that's not so unloving and formal is the only thing that can come into my mind because to send somebody a letter instead of just going to them and having a conversation to me is cold yeah. right. um also i just don't believe in throwing people out of the church if, mm -hmm. if, if 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 that's where she needs to be is in god's house um was there ever a suspension because from the way i read this letter there's not even been a conversation and so i, I i'm not really understanding their and the first thing that popped into my mind is this, is she someone who was raised in this church? Is she someone that joined this church? Is she someone, because I went and I did searches and, and on her Facebook page, it, it never hid that she lived a homosexual lifestyle. So yeah. from what so I can see. She so, had recently divorced and started mm -hmm. dating a woman. Okay. So did her husband belong to the church? Now that I'm not sure. Um, it doesn't say in what I'm looking at. Yeah, which may be why they felt the need to kick her out, but that's still. But 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 still, kicking somebody out of God's house to me is cruel. I'm sorry, yeah. I don't care what you're doing. Um, to me, if you're gonna kick people out for committing sins, church gonna be empty. Yeah, <laughs> because none of us are perfect. You ain't right. gonna tell me there ain't other people in this church committing sins. Right. And and they might have had a conversation with them and they said, okay, I won't do it again. But you know, some people are gonna still do the same stuff over and over and over. And because to me, the problem that I do have with this is that it's everything in God's time, not man's time. Right. How they know God ain't dealing with her on this. Right. And I look at me, anything, a sin is a sin. 
There's right. no big sin. There's no little sin. That's why I'm saying you condemning her for her sin and you kicking her out for her sin. Are you? If you're doing that, if that's what you're practicing, your church would be empty. I mean, and I thought to myself, I can understand them not wanting her to lead Bible study. I can understand her not want her to be over children's church. I can understand her them not wanting her to hold a position because of her lifestyle. Because you do have to be careful when you is. God's word is clear, and the scriptures that they used are actual scriptures. But to me, they used them more as a weapon than they did anything else. Because in God's word, it does say that you're supposed to remove yourself from around people like that, because I, I, I researched the scriptures. But I think God also wants us to remember his most important scripture. The, the thing that's most important to him is God is a God of love. Love is the most important. When you think about the three things that's most important to him, love is the most important one. To me, this does not show love at all. Yeah. It has no love in it whatsoever. And to actually use God's word to, against her to prove their point to me was cruel. And I just yeah. don't, I, I, I think I thought about when my pastor put somebody out of church for that. And I'm like, I don't think he would. I don't think my pastor would. I haven't asked him. But I know that we've had people who live that lifestyle come to our church and we ain't never asked them to leave. <laughs> and so I, I'm, this really bothered me. It did because if they kick her out, I was a smoker for years when they was able to kick me out for that. But guess what happened? Yeah. God, God removed that from my life in God's time, not man's time. So they doing stuff to me in their own time. I just, I don't understand. I mean, this is, I mean, this is one of the things that has actually came across to me. And I was like, what can I say? I don't know what to say. I mean, right. and Shana, I tell you, it's hard, it's hard for me to be quiet, but I just, <laughs> this thing just really threw me. And I had discussions with people at my job today about it. And some agreed with it. Well, let me change that. One person agreed with it. The other ones was like, you don't kick them out of church though. No. The person that agreed with it, <laughs> he, he he actually knows this church and he says it's a good church and he says that you know and then me and him mm -hmm. had a discussion about it back and forth and i told him because he used an, the example that he used said there was someone who was committing adultery and and and, and where he faults her at is that she never responded to them but why does she have to okay. right my, and that's what i said to him i said well to me first and foremost sending a letter is so informal why would she Right. Because to me, if you really care about my soul, if you really care about whether I'm going to heaven or hell, why come someone has not pulled me to the side and had a conversation with me? I said, you're going to mean to tell me nobody in this church has ever had a conversation with this woman. He said, they probably ain't. I said, but that don't make no sense to me. But it even if they did have a conversation with her and she still lived that lifestyle, that don't mean you kick her out. Right. No, at I that, don't think you at end of you the day, that's between her and God. Like, why do we feel like we have so much power where it don't, I mean, you supposed to just lay it on the altar. Yes, you're supposed a, to have a conversation with them. Yes, you're supposed to let them know what they're doing is not right. But yes. at the end of the day, that's it between that's up to that person. And that's between the relationship they have with the, their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's now, like men got now, too much power. <laughs> oh, yeah. But being just me being devil's advocate too. This 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 is one problem that I guess that I have with all these different types of churches is that it's not God's church, it's the denominational churches. 
they had they set their own rules and regulation not god they just want regulations they right. set their own regulation and in their bystanders that probably state we have the authority to do this 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 and this and this and if she knew this why she was a member i wouldn't have stayed if you know that your church would kick you out for this type of lifestyle i wouldn't have stayed but that was her choice to do. Maybe she was trying to make a point. I don't know. Because evidently, this is not the first time they have done this. Because you don't want to know the thing that bothered me the most about this letter? Isn't it where it states that come that Sunday after the April 30th, they were standing in church on Sunday morning and announced the church and what they did to her. It. And now that bothered me more than anything. If you remove someone from your church, you don't stand before and, 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 me, and me and him went back and forth on that too. And I said, well, first of all, he said, what they'll probably do is just tell the visitors to leave. I said, no, they ain't. I said, if they want to just tell the members, they do that at a members meeting. They don't do that on Sunday morning Sunday worship morning. service where the folks are supposed to be on God and God alone. That's just, that's just cruel, rude, and mean. I said, what they're trying to do is use an example out of her. Use right. her as a weapon towards the other members of the church that they probably want to get rid of too, but they had the gall to step up and do so. They, what they did was chose the one person that seems the most outlandish and going to use her for an example, which you don't use God's word for that either. Wow. You don't use his word well, for that know, either. Um, whenever I first saw the letter and I was reading it and I was like, I honestly feel like the only reason that they made it such an issue is because she is dating a woman. Like there yeah. people, churches, a lot of churches, they zone in on that one sin. And that is like the biggest sin that people can commit, but they act like everything else is okay. Like, yeah. it's okay for you to go out and drink. It's okay for you to go out and smoke. It's okay for you to overeat. It's okay for you to eat pork. It's okay for you to do all this other stuff. You can do everything and everything is okay. Because, you know, on Sunday, sometimes first Sundays or after funerals and all that kind of stuff, they feed you all this unhealthy food. Yeah. Feed you until you're stuffed full. Mm -hmm. Isn't that something that's a sin? Every, right. I'm going to tell you what a sin is. A, a, there's no big sin. There's no little sin. Right. sin is Sin is anything you overdo. Right that's what a, that's what most sin is that's why when i was smoking i was sinning because i was destroying my temple right. when i was drinking alcohol i was destroying my temple if you overeat you're sinning and it, so that's that was my point are they kicking all those are they kicking all the fat people out of that church mm -mm. Are, there, are there no heavy set people in that church are no are there no people in that church to come in and you smell alcohol coming through the skin i mean come on you that's why i said to me I feel like they're using her as an example to try to control the other stuff that they would like to control, that they really don't see that they can control. But this is something they probably felt like the world is going to agree with us on this because God says that, mm -hmm. that, that sexuality is immoral. You know the word I'm trying to use for mm -hmm. this type of lifestyle. And it does state it in God's word. But to me, that's why they just use this. They're using her for an example. They probably, it's probably some other stuff to me, in my opinion. I don't know if it's true or not. It's probably going on in that church. And they needed something mm -hmm. to try to get control over whatever they're trying to get control of. And they probably felt like they would get less backlash from this than they would anything else. But guess what? They're probably getting more backlash from this. Right. Because when I tried to go to their website, you couldn't even enter it. I didn't mm -hmm. have permission. When do you have to have permission to see somebody's website? 
Somebody <laughs> church website? Yes, but you know what? I found a way around oh, it and got in anyway. <laughs> I sure did because the first time, because I just put in, you know, what was on the letter, you know, what it was. I put in that and it like, sorry, you do not have permission to enter this website. So I went another route. Sorry, you don't have permission. So I, I just searched the shirt. Sorry. I said, okay, let me see. Hmm. Events. Got right in. <laughs> Cause I gotta get you that event now. That's the that's money. That's right. They want that that's money. That's money. Right. Okay. When I went to go see the event, <laughs> I got right in. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> really?" <laughs> wow. I, that thing really surprised me. Couldn't get in any other way. And I was that's like, "That's crazy." Yeah, I just get aggravated by churches trying to be judge and jury, like. You you can't control how people gonna live, man. You, you can't the way control you're gonna change, gonna because- the way you're gonna change people is being an example, being loving, showing love, being there for them, being open minded, and being an example. And then they mm-hmm. are gonna they are gonna gain a desire to want to change on their own, on their own. But it's gotta uh, but be you- God's time. Nothing supposed to be a man's time. It's in God's time. When you look at anybody especially someone exactly have, that have age on them and has had a very difficult lifestyle. They might've had a drug problem. They might've had a drinking problem. Me, I smoked. I didn't quit because I was in church for a year. Mm-hmm. I smoked for 40 years, but God finally, but he was dealing with me the whole time, but it happened in God's time, not man's time. And that's another thing I have a problem with. They, try, they want this done in their time. But like I said, they're using the scripture because if you read the scripture 5, 11, 13, mm-hmm. what does it say? It says that what I meant is that you are not to keep company with anyone who claims to be brother Christian, but indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or is swindler or worship idols. But it's talking about more than sexual stuff. It's talking about the other stuff too. So mm-hmm. where's the letter at where y'all kick the drunks out? Where the letters at that y'all kick somebody who was alcoholic out? Where the letter at with somebody worship the wrestlers instead of God? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because people worship, worship football players. They worship basketball players. You ain't kicking them out. Mm-hmm. There must be no idol before God. No one. But people, you ain't going to tell me that them people that set up in that church wouldn't look at the Super Bowl for Sunday, rooting them on instead of sitting in God's house. Wow. And if they were sitting there, they was they was recording on the DVR and they were sitting there thinking about can't wait till I get home so I can look at the Super Bowl. You don't look like you got you like she just hit you like that. <laughs> look, I wasn't recording. I was going home. I was like, excuse me, I gotta get out of here. But that's my point. They're though. like, can you stay for a meeting at the church? No, football no. is on. <laughs> but Chas, did they kick you out the church for it? No, they didn't. <laughs> that's my point. That's the point that I'm making. And so to me, if you're going to kick her out, you need to kick everybody out of your church that's committing a sin, which no one lives on this earth. We sin every day. Every day. Every day. That's why you're supposed to ask God for forgiveness every day. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just thought this was very cool. I thought it was heartless. I thought the fact that they want to shun her in front of the whole church that part bothered me more than anything if you don't want me at your church fine i won't come i i don't i wish she posted this letter but i wish she would speak out and tell her side because it's kind of hard to really understand everything looking at one side you know and i feel like even if she was to come out and say something 
even if she does something crazy, I still feel like the church is wrong. And maybe it's because, okay. So one of the reasons why this letter really, really bothered me is at one point in time, I stopped going to church because I got tired of people nitpicking and why your skirt so little, or I heard mm-hmm. that you was out and all this kind of stuff. Like, why are y'all worried about me? I'm here mm-hmm. on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. I'm worshiping God, all this kind of stuff. Like, why are y'all worried about what I'm doing? So I stopped going to church. So I used to just get up on Sunday mornings and look at church on TV. So one morning I had got up and um, I had turned to, I think his name is David Jeremiah or Jeremiah David, Dr. David, something like that. And he had um, a table on the stage with some chairs around it. He had a pail of dirt and some cups of water. And he called multiple people up on the stage and he told all of them to take a scoop of dirt and put it in the water on how much they think they sinned in their life. So even if one person put one scoop of water, another person might have put 20 scoops of water. At the end of the day, that water was dirty. Right. Yeah. And I was like, that right there was my, whenever I saw that, I was like, that's right. Everybody sins. Everybody. Just, All of us so, Like, why? Like, I, I, so that's why I feel like the church is wrong. Like, I don't care what she done. As long as she didn't come in there and kill anybody, I don't care what she done. None of the, y'all are righteous. None of the people in that church is righteous. So why are you kicking her out? Because she's not the righteous that y'all want her to be. I told you why, because they got their own bylaws. And that's the bad thing about the church. Everybody, I guess that's why when you have a church that set all these, I can remember when I, learned, I joined the church that I joined. And, and when they gave me the sheet, the, the, their bylaws, and I think the thing that amazed me the most, it was one sheet of paper and there was only three things on it. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Just three things. The last church I belonged to it was a whole book. And it just, I mean, and when you come to the denominational church, they have rules, they have bylaws, they have this, they have this code of ethics that they live by. But they don't always enforce them on everybody. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen anything this blatant. I've never seen someone's tell them they're gonna kick a map because of their lifestyle i've never seen that i've never seen somebody kick somebody out of the church i've never seen that no matter what they was doing i i i've never seen and all my 55 years Mm -hmm. have never seen somebody kick somebody out of the church i just haven't i've seen them set people down and kept them from doing certain things because of things that they were doing but to actually kick them out and then after you kick them out, you're going to put their life on display in front of the whole church on a Sunday morning service. That mm-hmm. thing right there was what got me. Yeah. I just could not believe that they they was going to do that because you ain't going to tell me that God is pleased with that. I don't yeah. think God is pleased with that. I don't think he would be. And, and, and what they need to do is really be careful <laughs> because they, they got to remember everything they're doing has been written down in the book of life as well. Yeah. hmm Amen. And all that judgment gonna have them sitting right beside them. And 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 I want to say to you, when people constantly coming to you and doing stuff like that, most of the time it's just because they're unhappy in their own life. Misery loves company. Don't ever let nobody keep you from God's house just because they're talking to you. So next time, so the next time they say something about your skirt, work shorter the next time. (laughs) All right, now. (laughs) Now, like that was whenever I was younger. Now I don't care because one of the main reasons I don't care is because I know a lot of churchy people that do worse stuff than what I do, 
And mm -hmm. the only difference in me and them is I'm very out loud and very outspoken with what I do. Mm -hmm. I post everything on social media. I don't care. You know, I don't care what you think about me. And I still worship God the way that I worship my God. I don't have to be in church every Sunday to worship him. And when I do go in there on Sundays and worship him, I'm fine with going in there and worshiping him the way that I want to worship him with the short dress and the spaghetti string top and all that kind of stuff. So I got over it. I was like, I don't care. Y'all can say whatever y'all want to say. I know where I'm going. Yeah. My heart be better than some of them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's uh, move along. We'll be here all night. All right. <laughs> like whenever I looked at that, um, just looked up that news article, it made me mad again. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> well, uh, let's just we have to mention the George Floyd case. Unless you live up on the rock, unless you live up on the rock, then you know that the officer Derek Chauvin is that you say his last name? Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's correct. Was convicted, um, I think, which is amazing. I think if they wouldn't have convicted him, that city would have been burnt down because they already had National Guard ready and everything. <laughs> White they <laughs> was prepared, okay. But uh, so um, of course, if y'all if y'all don't know for whatever reason, he was a Minneapolis uh, police officer who knelt on George Floyd's neck for more than nine minutes last year. Um, whenever he was trying to arrest him for whatever, I don't even remember what he supposedly done. Oh. Supposedly, <laughs> he supposedly had he had supposedly had a counterfeit twenty dollar bill, which they found That's out right. later was not counterfeit. That's right. So yeah. he died over twenty dollars. Over twenty dollars. Wow. Over twenty dollars. So yeah, he was convicted of second degree un unintentional murder, which I ain't know was a thing third degree murder and second degree manslaughter so the juries uh deliberated for more than for 10 hours or um did it take them that long i don't think it took them that long i don't think it took them that long either. for more than 10 hours over two days before coming to their decision that's what cnn says now they must have they must have <laughs> started deliberating like one day and then sent them home and yeah, um, I didn't think it took that long, day. but I didn't. Yeah, they because it seemed like it seemed like the day before the the defense was doing the closing out arguments, and the next day he was convicted. He was convicted. Yeah, they <laughs> may be counting all the hours that it took from the end of the trial to the decision. Okay, that might be Maybe that might be what they're doing because I don't think it took them that long. I think it was really not that long. Because right, I was surprised right. it was came it came back so fast. I really Me was. Too. Yeah. Because to be what? honest with you, I, I I did not expect a conviction at all. And that, and that's sad to say. It's just Me the either. life that we have lived in. Um, so many officers have gotten away with so much stuff that I was really surprised that he got convicted. I'm glad he did. It's about time. It's past overdue. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe now some changes will happen. They will start looking at stuff even more. I have noticed that even though, and the sad thing about this whole situation is now that what happened with George Floyd has finally got everybody's attention it really hasn't stopped anything no. they still killing them they still a little girl got killed every, right after yeah uh, right during it, yeah i mean it's still happening but but one thing i have noticed is that that they're arresting them faster for it they got I mean, look to how long it took them to arrest y'all it took them what was it weeks and, and they arrested the, one, the other guys who was just there faster right which makes right. no sense yeah and 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 then the guy who got killed because he had the air freshener in his car. Mm 
they arrested that woman the next day, which I can't understand. Somebody lost their life over air freshener. I just yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. The thing for me is that yes, yay, we got to win. He's convicted. What's the sentence gonna look like? Cause did you he really convict him? Cause that's what he's supposed to get. But I want to see it actually happen because it's been well, a case before so my where people being convicted and they and, 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 and my question is this because I don't know is the jury gonna set the sentence or is the judge mm, gonna set the sentence? I think the judge does. The judge. If I the think judge, the judge, if the judge set the sentence, I feel like he's gonna give him the maximum. I do. I think so too. Even I think though he I give feel him like the maximum. I don't know. That judge was kind of iffy to me. But he if you if he don't get 40, he better at least get 20. Right. I think he I think he will get the maximum. I, I really do. I think he will get the maximum because if nothing else, mm-hmm. one thing I do know that the judge did not like the defense's reasons for why he did what he did. Even he thought they were stupid. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, look at the reason they said they said, first of all, he was scared of the crowd. That's why he couldn't get up off his neck. Uh, what was one of the other yeah, reasons? He looked real scared. Uh, yeah, he was real scared. <laughs> but he was over there picking rocks out the tire. And the other one, he had some kind of mental pause where he couldn't get up. Or, uh, I mean, it was just the the reasonings for this was just so outlandish to me. Didn't they try to say George Floyd died of natural causes? Really? Even Man. if he had a bad heart, it, it, it the the thing on the neck really made the heart worse. But. <sighs> I'm going to tell you what I was proud about with this trial was the way the police told the truth. The way they got up there and they testified against Chauvin. I was very proud of the police. That that I, that, I, that surprised me. Yeah. No one took up for him. No one. And that really, every one of them said, no, this is not what we do. But now they're trying to save face, too, though. Oh, yeah. You know that. They're trying to save face. I just hope that, you know, you hear all these stories when cops actually tell the truth and then they're like, they have a night, pretty much they have a target on them afterwards. So yeah. That's not the case. But it was just, yeah, but it was just so many of them that told the truth. I mean, they yeah. told the truth. The EMS told the truth. The 911 woman, all of them told the truth. Mm-hmm. But I, I but I think, um, what is that guy's name? What's the black guy's name that worked for CNN? What's his name? Um what he said to me was just so, so true. You know, when they asked oh, him what I know, he think, I, what is I know who you're talking about and I feel like I know exactly what you're going to say because oh, no, I was like, yes! <laughs> I was too, Shaz, and I was like, you better tell it, brother. You know, and, he, and what he was saying was that they answered me, he said this was long overdue, but he said, but it took a lot of courage from a lot of people, he said, and he started pointing out, and I think the one thing that he said that really stood out to me is the little white girl that recorded the whole thing okay. and stood there and never moved, never shook, never, she just stood there and she kept saying, I know this is wrong, I can't say nothing, but I'm going to get this and I'm going to show what this man is doing is wrong. And I thought that was all. And he said the way the people stood to decide what they did, everything that, that happened was very courageous. It really was. Yeah. And then he want to turn around and say it was their fault why he did what he did. I mean, come on. Couldn't you come up with something better than that? I rather you would have said you had a that you you had a brain aneurysm and couldn't move than other than said that the people that were screaming at me made me do it because when they tried to come closer to him, he, he, they went for his gun. So what was they gonna do? Right. right. And if he was really that scared, if you big and bad and bold enough to put your knee on somebody's neck for over nine minutes, if you was really that afraid of him, he would have stood there and been shooting all of them. Mm, right. <laughs> he wasn't afraid. He, was no, just he afraid. wasn't afraid. 
His whole attitude was like, I got the power. He ain't fooling nobody. Child, what? What? <laughs> he acted the same way. The way he just kept looking, you know, like he just knew he wasn't going to get convicted, though, to me. Yeah, but his face, whenever they was like guilty, he was like, oh, huh? He kept doing oh. this. He kept doing this. What is he looking at? <laughs> one of the memes, one of the memes said something about he was under his breath. I thought you was gonna, I was gonna get off. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. He, I think he thought he was gonna get off. I think that's why they didn't really try to build. I think that's why they really didn't try to even build a defense for him because he thought he was gonna get off. But he didn't. Hallelujah. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how they're going to, what this sentencing is going to look like. And I hope it don't take 1,100 million years to sentence him, too. Well, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's still in there. He ain't got no bail. He can't get out. They yeah, can t- and I, and so that's why I feel like, that's why I feel like the judge is going to do the right thing because he didn't even think about it. He said, no, his bail will still be revoked. Right. And he might have done it to save his life. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Well, he might. He's. I, you know, he's scared to go to jail because he know. I don't think he's gonna make it. Mm. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I, I don't think he's gonna make it. I really don't. Either. I, I think either. he's gonna get in jail and somebody gonna take his life, and that's sad to say. But yeah, and I don't wish now, it upon him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's between him and God, bro. Really, is crazy. That's between him and God. Now they got to go through and do the re- the trial for the rest of the officers, right? Who's still in jail? Yeah, and they're they're on. No, what, what, they, what are out. they charged with? One of them, I don't remember. One guy got out at the beginning. Yeah, one guy did get out. They no, that was him, wasn't it? Mm-mm. I thought it was it him. Was one of the, it was one of the assistant officers because I remember. I want to say it was the one that. Had just started the job. The new one. The new one. Because I remember seeing a video on Facebook where some woman said, That's him. Yeah, that girl approached him. That's the one who killed that. Yeah. So, Uh, unless they put him back in jail, he's been out of jail the whole time. Uh, Yeah. What are they charged with? Just what's a charge for not doing nothing? I don't know. No, they they, 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 they are accessories. They are accessories Uh, to the murder counts. They are accessories, yeah. Because yeah. all of them lost their job, didn't they? Van Jones, yeah. that's his name. Chastity. Van Jones. Yeah. That's his name. That's his name. I love Van Jones. I can't ever I don't I can't ever remember people's names. I just remember their faces. <laughs> yeah, I just remember his bald head. Because I remember him crying <laughs> when he when he said he had to explain to his daughters about what being black in America is. And I remember him doing a video right after George Floyd got killed and he was crying saying that yeah. this really hurts. It really hurts that this actually, the officer really actually had the gall and the forethought to know that they could do this to someone and wasn't even scared to do it. They not. They none not. of them, none of these cases, the officer in that moment is scared to do it. Like they just do it like it's Like it nothing. ain't nothing. Because they can <laughs> And they, they usually get away with it. Which is crazy. Well, I'm hoping that this trial is going to change the something where they start well, actually hoping, convicting well, these people. I know it ain't going to change people from dying because as y'all can see, people are still dying, but I hope it's at least going to start co- making people get convicted for doing... They, you're well, supposed to protect and serve. Like, you ain't supposed to kill and, ch- and choke people out. Like, um, I, I, at my job at the college, I was involved in a... Um, some of the classes that they do at the college, um, a man named Paul Cash, 
And what he does, he does classes with uh, different police officers from different areas and different counties. And they come to the college and they talk about things how they can be better cops and be better cops in the community and so they had a questioning thing and they used some of us from the college it was me and another black girl and then janet uh, one of my white co-workers and um they gave us scenarios and wanted to know what we thought and the first scenario i was thinking about it now i start to cry i started crying because it actually happened to me where i had got stopped by the police and they thought i had stole the car and I just remember you, Shadon, and Adam being children sitting in the back seat and all these cops around and around us, screaming at me, handcuffing me, cursing at me, telling me to shut up, would not let me talk. I just, it brought back all that emotion. And, um, and the reason why they thought the car was stolen was because I had just bought the car over the weekend. So that Monday, when they checked it, the papers hadn't, the title hadn't been, the, plates hadn't been transferred so they thought I had stole plates and put them on the stolen car mm. and instead of asking me they just wouldn't let me talk I will never forget that and so the and what they found out is once they handcuffed me and sent me to the side and checked my car they found the papers mm-hmm. that I had just bought the car and wow. so they took me out of handcuffs and just left me standing there and so they and some policemen asked me they said so they didn't apologize. I was said no. I, they said, "Did you um, complain?" I said, "Yes, I made a complaint." I said, "But I never heard anything from because one of the questions was, if you complain, do you think you should have been told how the officer was punished?" I said, "Yes," but they say they never tell civilians how people are punished. And I said, "The reason being, I said because the community already think they just getting a slap on the wrist and ain't nothing happened so if we don't know what the punishment is we just feel like it's gonna happen again and I said and when you live in a small communities like some of us do you know who the bad cops are so when you see that they back out on the street doing the same thing over and over and over you know I mean and you know and then so afterwards the, one of the teachers that was in the class he wanted to talk to me further and stuff and he wants to talk about why we think as he said, I'm not trying to be funny because he said he gave a situation where he was talking to his neighbor who was black and they was just talking about how they don't trust cops. And he said it really hurt his feelings being that they was friends and he know that he's not like that. But just for him to talk like that in front of him, it really hurt his feelings. And he wants to know why do we think cops are racist? Why do we think we're treated different? I said, I can give you a perfect example. He said, okay. I said, let's look at George Floyd. I said, this man put his knee on his neck for over nine minutes till he died. I said, a white man goes into a black church in Georgia and kill 18 people and they friendly escorted him out with their hands on his back and put him in the police car. Not one time did they throw him on the ground. I said, now tell me what's the difference in that. I said, this man who they thought had a counterfeit bill, which wasn't counterfeit, they throw them in the back, they slung them around, they beat them up, they put their ne- knee on his neck, and the other ones put their knee on their back over a $20 bill. This white boy killed 18 black people went on church in God's house. And, and they treated him like he was just the kind of sweetest thing in the world. Now you tell me what's wrong with that picture. And he said, you know what, Anita, I've never thought about it like that. I said, when y'all come back to class, too. I said, I said, when you come back to class tomorrow, I said, them black officers you have in there, you ask them about that. 
Mm-hmm. But the one thing I did like about the class, even the white officers in there, every one of them apologized to me for the way that cop treated me. I don't know if it was real or if it was for show. I'm hoping it was real. Right, right, right. You know, and that something that um small, you know, them sitting in there talking to y'all and getting your point of view, it could potentially change their views. They yeah. could go out tomorrow and be a whole different officer or think twice before they do things you know mm-hmm. they like you know maybe i shouldn't take this to the next level yeah. this time you know i um i had mentioned one time before where i had got me my sister and one of my friends we had got pulled over because we missed our exit and turned into a white neighborhood mm-hmm. and we got pulled over because we didn't belong over there so we looked lost mm-hmm. and you know back then we were kids and we thought that it was funny we was able to go home well my friend he wasn't supposed to be driving after nine o'clock it was like nine fifteen. <laughs> but <laughs> so technically we was in the wrong but he didn't know that whenever he pulled us over and the reason his reasoning for pulling us over had nothing to do with him not supposed to drive at the nine o'clock and it was purely racist and after the fact after i grew up and thought about it i was like he was wrong and i felt like our parents should have been more vocal about it they should have said something about it then they didn't say anything about it but they was probably scared or didn't think they didn't think was gonna happen and then um when i got older i was thinking today about um because you know i go down this rabbit hole of reading people's comments on facebook on the post and i need to stop but um (laughs) people were saying you know you get pulled whenever you get pulled over you shouldn't ask no questions blah blah and all this kind of stuff and i remember one time i was leaving sanford going to Styler city my passenger side um seat was laid all the way back because the day before we had went out um and whoever was in my passenger seat they were sleeping they just laid the seat all the way back and i just didn't put it up so I'm driving down the road. I get pulled over um, by a cop. He had passed me and looked over, and I guess he saw that the seat was laid back. So he slows down, gets behind me, and pulls me over. And so I knew that my tags was right. I knew I wasn't speeding. I knew that I had my license. Like, everything was right. So he comes to the car, and I was like, why did you pull me over? And he was like, oh, your light on your license plate is red. It's supposed to be white. <laughs> so I'm like, I've had this car for years, and nobody has ever said that to me. I've been followed by police plenty of times. Nobody has ever said that my light was red, but whatever. So I give him my license and registration and everything, and then that's whenever I looked over and I noticed that my seat was laid back. I said, that's why he pulled me over, mm-hmm. which it still wasn't a legitimate reason to pull me over. So anyway, that's after he comes back law. over, huh? That's not against the law, right? It ain't, so whenever he, he comes he back over with my license and registration. I was like, can I look at your light on your license plate um, so that I know what light I need to get whenever I go get me another light? Because, <laughs> um, I was like, I just assumed they all look the same. So he was like, huh? And I was like, can I look at your light on your license plate so that I can make sure I get the right one because I don't want to get pulled over again for something so minor. And right. he, he was like, okay. So I got out. I went and looked at his light. Went back and looked at my light. I said, it looks the same. I don't see what the difference is. He was like, oh, you know what? It is the same. Oh, my God. He full of... Yeah. He pulled <laughs> you over for being black. That's what he pulled you right. over for. Because, you know, when we had that, when I had that conversation with that man that had the class, it was him and the, the white um, 
coworker of mine both said the same thing. Well, our pastor said that, you know, according to statistics, this don't happen a lot. I said, well, y'all do realize a lot of times police got away for free, right? So the statistics read there wasn't no crime done. Right. So you can't go by your statistics. You just can't. You can't go by that. You can't go by that. And then I turned and looked at her. I said, let me ask you a question. I said, how many times you've been pulled over and asked you, was this your car? She said, never. I said, now ask me how many times I've I've been pulled over and asked me it was my car. Twice for me. (laughs) And because like I told them, the incidents that happened with me, just like you, Chastity, I wasn't doing anything wrong. So my first initial thing was, why did he even run my plate? Right. Because I was driving a new car. Mm -hmm. And you was black. black. And I was black. black. That's exactly right. Wow. And, and then people, plan. they say, you're not supposed to question them, question them, but if I'm doing everything right and there's no reason for you to stop me, I want to know why are you stopping me? Right. Now that chat, I'm going to tell you, they told us in that when we had that meeting, they said that you do have a right to question. Because one of the scenarios that they gave us was the police come to your house, they bust in your door, you know you ain't done a thing wrong and you got a gun, what you going to do? Shoot them. Well, before we could answer, the black cop said, somebody bust in my house like that, I'm shooting. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was so surprised he said it. He said, you busted my house. I don't care if you are a cop. I have a right to protect myself. Right. You break my door down because they asked me. And they said, well, after it happened, what's the first thing you want to do? I said, they're going to fix my door right then. <laughs> not tomorrow, not the next day. I want my door fixed now. <laughs> I mean, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. It it was interesting. I can't remember what the other scenario was, but the scenarios was just really interesting. And and then they let us ask them some questions. And and one of the questions that I asked was, have you ever done this class and realized that one of the officers in here didn't need to be an officer? And he said, yes. I said, said, what did you do about it? He said, nothing. he said, I, no, he said, I pulled him to the side. I had a conversation with him when I felt like I didn't get through with him. I contacted his supervisor and let him know he got a problem. He said, because I can't, he said, because first and foremost, I'm safe, sanctified, and Holy Ghost feel. I'm not going to live on this earth knowing I did something, allowed something to go wrong without saying what I'm supposed to say. He said, if I know an officer is bad, I'm going to let his superior know he has a problem, that you need to do something about this. And he said, the problem thing is, our officers see a lot, and I understood this. I really did. He said, "We officers deal with a lot. They see a lot. They go through a lot. And for you to go and say, you know, I need counseling, they scared they're gonna lose their job." I but said, they "But can't you lose know, their job for that." But they they probably they probably yes, they can. can't. But you know, North Carolina at will state. But but actually, they can, or they can right. be put on desk duty, or they can be taken out of commission. And he said yeah. a lot of officers are scared to let them know they have having issues. I said yes, but if you are officer and you're doing this job for the reason that you think you are, when you know you got an issue, what's more important? You handling your issue, or you taking somebody's life unnecessarily? Right. And the black cop said, "Amen." <laughs> Big old black dude. Amen. <laughs> I know that's right. Well, I think they definitely need to do that. They need to interact cops more with, with people more often. I think that would help some. Now, some people are just gonna be racist because that's just what they are. But yeah, they are. They are. But but I feel like they need to do put something in place. Like y'all sent out surveys about the census. Why don't you send out a survey and have? and ask people how they feel about cops and well, take that in consideration they, whenever you training them or whatever the case may be because in that cl- when we was in that classroom and all three of us agreed 
there was one cop in there. None of us didn't think cared for me and Shanika. The other black girl, her name is Shanika. We could tell that he did not care for us. And even the white girl can say, yeah, I, I got a vibe off him. I said, I thought it was just me. She said, no, I got the same vibe. You know, it's just the way he sat there and looked at us, you know, and, and we could tell, okay, he really don't want to be in the class. When they come to that class, they don't really have a choice. They don't have a choice. And so this is one of the things that they're trying to do to, and because they asked us, what do we think would help? And I said, well, first of all, in your neighborhood, you cops, get to know your people. Get to know your community. Let them know that, that that you're human, and you and you get to know them, so you know that they're human. Because mm-hmm. it's easily to mistreat somebody you don't know. It's hard to mistreat somebody that you got to know. Mm-hmm. And I said, y'all won't respect. <laughs> I said, you gotta respect people. Like, now for some, <laughs> now for some, it's, it's not gonna be. You know, it's gonna be like that, but. You know, like the cops in South City, us people that do business here, we know most of them. And we know the ones that don't like us. Either, uh-huh. you know, we know <laughs> there was one here, he didn't like none of us. And they, they, he had read her. I, I can't remember what his name is. But we he didn't like none of Huh? <laughs> you know, it was like fiery at her. And we could tell he didn't he didn't care for none of us. He was actually the one that stopped me too, so. Mm. <laughs> I don't know where he at no more. <laughs> well, what thank him. you, Miss Anita, for joining Yo, us. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Really it. Good. It was really good. We have to bring you back. Bring you back. Maybe we anytime. Get, maybe we get Chastity Mama on too. Oh Lord, yeah. that'd, be, that'd be funny. My mama, gonna be, my mama gonna be throwing out some cuss words. Y'all think yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you, thank you again so much, Ma, for joining us. Thank oh, you for tuned in to this podcast. Please to make sure to go like, um, comment, subscribe, share, 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 and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.